Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Songwriters find inspiration in the strangest places. On January 29, 1979, a young girl committed a crime that sent shockwaves through the entire country. A legacy left behind that inspired some to make a song out of her life and out of her murders. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Brenda Spencer, born April 3, 1962, was living in the San Carlos neighborhood of San Diego, California, in a home, along with her father, that was just across the street from the Grover Cleveland Elementary School. Just 17 years old at the time, Brenda had already been living a life of turmoil that seemed to set her off on a dark and dangerous path. Since her parents' separation, Brenda had been living in poverty with her father, both sleeping on a single mattress situated on the floor of a home filled with empty beer cans and liquor bottles drained by the man, Wallace, who was supposed to be taking care of her. She was a girl who was described as rough around the edges, a girl with a chip on her shoulder, and spoke of shooting at and killing the policemen who seemed to receive all of her venom. Despite her general lack of interest in school, Brenda showed a real aptitude in photography and had won first place in the Humane Society competition. Known for shooting at birds in the neighborhood with her BB gun, Brenda was arrested for shooting out the windows of the nearby school and for burglary. In early 1978, Brenda's continued truancy from school earned her a spot at a facility for problem students, where the staff informed her parents that she was suicidal and needed help outside of what they could provide. That December, a psychiatric evaluation arranged by her probation officer recommended that the girl be placed in a mental hospital for her increasing depression, but to do so, needed permission from her father, who refused. How did Wallace Spencer respond to this troubling news? By getting her a Ruger 10-22 semi-automatic, 22 caliber rifle with a telescopic sight and about 500 rounds of ammunition for Christmas. Brenda would later comment, I asked for a radio and he bought me a gun. When asked why, she answered, I felt like he wanted me to kill myself. That Christmas gift, along with its owner, would soon cement them both into the history books. On Monday, January 29, 1979, as students at the elementary school started to file their way off their buses and towards the fence, a sudden sharp bang rang out and sent everyone into a full-blown panic. 
Looking through her telescopic sight and with her gun pointed out her window, Brenda Spencer began shooting at the children across the street without any remorse. As the gunshots began to rain down on the students, 53-year-old school principal Burton Rag did all that he could to try and protect the children in his care. While Mike Sukar, the 56-year-old custodian, attempted to pull the injured students to safety. Further heroic deeds, both men lost their lives. As Brenda continued to fire, a 28-year-old police officer, Robert Robb, responded to the calls for help and, in an act of sheer brilliance and bravery, ignored the gunshot wound in his neck and moved a garbage truck in between Brenda's window and the schoolyard, thus preventing any further casualties. In total, in addition to the two adults who lost their lives, eight children were injured. After firing more than 30 rounds of ammunition and 20 minutes of sheer terror, the 16-year-old girl barricaded herself inside of her home and held off for several hours as the police surrounded her. While waiting, she answered her home phone to hear the voice of a reporter for the San Diego Union-Tribune. When they asked why she shot at Grover Cleveland Elementary School, she responded, I don't like Mondays. This livens up the day. This would later inspire Bob Geldof and Johnny Fingers of the Boontown Rats to write the song, I Don't Like Mondays. When speaking to the police negotiators trying to extract her from her home, Brenda claimed she chose the school because the kids were easy targets. She also warned the officers that she would, quote, come out shooting. Instead, Brenda Spencer, six hours later, and with the promise of a Burger King meal, willingly left her home and went straight into police custody. Brenda Spencer was charged as an adult for her crimes and pleaded guilty to two counts of murder and assault with a deadly weapon. On April 4, 1980, the day after her 18th birthday, she was sentenced to 25 years to life. While behind bars, Brenda told prison officials that she felt unwanted and envied the children who had someone to protect them. It was also around this time that tests were done in which it was discovered that Brenda had an injury to her temporal lobe, supposedly from a biking accident, and was diagnosed with epilepsy. She was treated for this new diagnosis as well as her long-standing depression. While behind bars in Chino, Brenda began working to repair electronic equipment, and in 1993, became eligible for hearings to consider her potential parole. At the first hearing, Brenda admitted to hoping the police would have shot her when she came out of her home, and claimed that she was a longtime abuser of alcohol and drugs at the time of the crime. However, when tested shortly after her surrender, Brenda's talk screens came up completely clean. She was denied parole consideration. At another hearing in 2001, Brenda claimed her father had been both beating and sexually assaulting her throughout her life. Wallace, of course, denied all of her allegations. Because she had not previously mentioned any of these abuses, the parole board doubted their validity. She was, again, denied parole. In 2005, a San Diego deputy district attorney went before the board and said that an incident of self-harm four years earlier when her girlfriend was released from prison showed that Brenda was psychotic and unfit for release. And in 2009, the board refused her yet again and this time said they would not consider her parole until 10 years had passed. She was eligible for another hearing in September of 2021, but chose to waive it until 2022. Now 59 years old, having spent the vast majority of her life in prison, 
Brenda was inducted into the Golden Girls Club at the California Institution for Women, which affords her special privileges due to her age. Things like front-of-the-line access for her meals and medication, authorization to eat in a specific dining room, and the ability to be in possession of two state-issued pillows. In the aftermath of the shooting, a plaque and flagpole were erected at the school in memory of the victims of the shooting. The school officially closed in 1983, the same year that, almost 10 years after that San Diego incident, another shooting took place at a Grover Cleveland Elementary School in Stockton, California. This one took the lives of five children and left 30 more injured. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again to hear what terrible thing happened on January 30th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.